I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning Five and Change. We are rotating our guests all Tuesdays, all uh, off season. Today, the lovely and talented Steve Hellwagon joins us. Steve, with a 2017 glory poster behind him. I have some of my own here, as you can tell here. Look at that one. That is a keeper. Um, but we're going to talk some football, talk some basketball. I know that will not please some of you, but uh, we must do our due diligence here. Steve, the sun is shining in Ohio. It's a miracle. Yeah, kind of the rain is kind of pushing out here in central Ohio. It's supposed to be kind of today kind of choppy, 65 degrees, and I think uh, 70 one or 72 here in a day or two. So yeah, it's going to be crazy. I was in Hilton Head last week. It was actually nicer in Columbus, I think one day when I, than when I was in Hilton Head, but uh, glad to be back in Ohio and glad to be back at it this week and uh, spring football coming up here in a couple of weeks. They'll start out. Yeah. I think it's March 6th or 7th, whatever the first day is and uh, get right to it. We're kind of in a limbo time here. And rest assured, those of you coveting Ohio weather, the schedule, uh, the forecast, 71 for tomorrow or the next day, and then like 42 for the day after that. So we'll all be ill and uh, standard. We want to talk today about, we're just going to pick kind of, a, not a random topic, but an interesting one, and that is running back. Just because we've talked about kind of the more obvious, I think, uh, competitions or let's say air quotes holes on the roster. I don't think anybody questions the 
total talent in the running back room, but how it's going to look is anybody's guess. Um, good Lord, how it looked in the championship, uh, the semifinals, as opposed to how it looked in camp. It was like, uh, you know, an FBI operation, man. There was guys in there you never barely even heard of. Walk-ons and transfers and you really don't expect a team of Ohio State's caliber to be going to a walk-on and a transfer in such a big game, but they are back. I find it to be a pretty interesting situation. Mayan Williams came back. There was some thought he might, you know, boogie. Uh, Travion Henderson had to come back by age, but very rare you see a running back have a year like he had two years ago and followed up with a tough year. So who's going to be in the room? Set the depth chart for us if uh, Steve Hellwagon was the coach. Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's always been dictated, at least this past year, was dictated by who's available. Yeah. That was the, the big thing. And what was weird was Travion Henderson would play an entire game one week and Mayan Williams would be out. And then the next week you'd show up at the game and Travion isn't warming up and Mayan's out there warming up and he would play the whole game. And then – the following week, Travion Henderson would be out there and he'd play the whole game and Mayan Williams was out. It was quite a saga from week to week over who was available and who wasn't. And then finally they get to Maryland and Henderson and Williams are both not available. And here comes the freshman, Dallin Hayden. I guess he had a 100-yard game against Indiana as well the week before, but huge game at Maryland, 100 yards. Then they hardly play him. They play Chip Trey on him for reasons that remain unclear mm. against Michigan had uh, Dallin Hayden had the same opportunities Chip Trianum had against Michigan. He probably had a couple of long touchdowns because uh, they blocked it pretty well. And, and Trianum just didn't have the burst to finish it. So that was interesting. And then you get into the bowl game and it was kind of a mix of Hayden and Trianum and, you know, Williams tried to give it a go, but just couldn't, he scored a touchdown early in the game. I don't think he ever played again. So yeah, it's just a really weird uh, thing. Xavier Johnson got in there. Yeah. Xavier Johnson looked good in there as well. And uh, he's pretty, pretty good hybrid player could play any one of several positions. So I think that uh, you consider him part of that mix as well as a change up back. But I think Travion Henderson is the one if he's healthy just because he can, he can do so many things. And they really didn't throw him the ball as much out of the backfield this past year as they did the year before. But uh, I'd like to see a little bit more of that, particularly with the young quarterback, that he can just dump it off and get out of the way. So I think the running backs are going to have to play a much bigger role. The running game is going to have to play a much bigger role this year with a younger quarterback. And I think Trayvon Henderson's number one just because he can do so many different things. And Mayan Williams, he's earned his spot. As far as I'm concerned, that guy deserves his carries. And I don't look at it that he's taking carries away from Travion Henderson. I look at it that he's restaurant quality. He deserves mm. to play as well. And then Dallin Hayden. I mean, that guy got in there and all he did was punish people and uh, never back down from the challenge as you thought maybe a freshman would. So I think he deserves a spot. Evan Pryor, we don't know. You just don't know what you have with him. He's never been healthy. And uh, then Chip Trayonum, I would put uh, back there at four or five probably. I, I just don't see how you play him over any of the other ones if they are healthy. He just doesn't have that kind of burst. Maybe he's your short yardage guy. I don't know. But you've already got Mayan Williams who kind of excels at that. So uh, moving the pile type thing. But uh, I want to see them use the running back position better if that makes right. any sense 
which includes more running opportunities and throwing the ball to those guys out of the backfield. And Xavier Johnson, my goodness, that would be six. Um, he definitely should be back there on occasion as well because he can house one at any moment if they block it properly. So uh, I, I, you know, I'm bullish on Ohio State this year, Dan. I, geez, I don't know why they've got what ten guys who are in a contract year for the NFL. They could have uh, you know seven, eight guys taken in the first two or three rounds in the following year's draft. So uh, that's a lot of talent right there. And uh, I want to see how it all comes together this year. I'm equally bullish. This is just, uh, we're borderline nitpicking here. But um, yeah, Evan Pryor is the one we just don't know anything about. In terms of a recruit, he was as highly, he was, you know, according to the rankings, he'd be the second highest rated guy in the room. And and expectations were pretty high. Don't forget, he's the reason Donovan Edwards does not attend the Ohio State University. We've all heard of that dude. So, um, I do think it's going to be a very interesting thing to watch. I will say the most incredulous I was about the running back situation all season was the game at Northwestern when they just never put Hayden in the game. I think it was Mayan who played hurt the whole game. Yep. There's something with Dallin Hayden that we were not told or don't know about either. It could be something as simple as they don't trust him in pass protection or he couldn't remember the plays or something. But in terms of what we saw on the field, there were a couple. There were a couple instances when the Northwestern game was hairy. If you guys remember, it was played in a monsoon. We couldn't throw the ball. We couldn't run it, and he had the burst we needed, and he didn't get in there. So, yep, there's stuff to the running back room that we don't know in terms of why guys played. Like you said, Chip Trainum playing is a mystery. You know, wrapped in a riddle, trapped in an enigma. I, I just. That's hard to explain. You, you don't. You really don't expect Ohio State to be in a situation they were in the fourth quarter against Georgia with the guy who was not recruited to play running back at Ohio State ever touching the ball. So, yeah, I think you make a good point on Hayden. I think it had to do with pass protection in particular as well as uh, – <coughs> excuse me, we don't get to watch – them practice but obviously the coaches know what the guys do in practice if he'd been a fumbler in practice perhaps that was what they were worried about but he never once to my recollection fumbled in a game now obviously that game you know most of his the bulk of his work was indiana and maryland so toledo too he crushed yeah toledo but you're right uh, yeah you're right there was nothing we did there was nothing like we discussed as a staff or anyone saw that was like obvious so it'll be interesting um I will say this, whoever, that's going to be a room to watch, um, not to be negative, next offseason for the portal because um, I can't see everybody sticking around if they don't think they're going to be the man at some point, given the way things work out. All right. Let's uh, take this question from Michael Colwell. It's, we are not going to be able to do a podcast without a Kyle and Devin, Devin and Kyle, Ruby and Max kind of uh, discussion here. Mike Cowell, quick question for Steve. Who do you believe the starting quarterback will be? And we went over the our starting running back. Um, our guy here is going with Mayan Williams and Kyle McCord. Well, you, I, you know, it's just staying with the running back. I mean, it could well be Mayan Williams. If, if, if Travion Henderson, for whatever reason, isn't all the way back or whatever. But I just think – when they've had both of them at full health, they have pushed Henderson ahead of Williams. That was kind of the staff's inclination, and I don't know why why you would go back on that. I just think Henderson allows you to do so many more things, 
and is so much more explosive. I mean, if it's first and 10 on your own 25 after a kickoff, he could take the next play 75 yards. I mean, there's there's just no two ways about that. Mayan, unless you're playing Youngstown State, is probably not going to do that. So, um, which I like Mayan. I'm not anti-Mayan in any way, shape, or form. I'm and again, starting, you know, this whole starting thing, other than the quarterback position, starting is kind of a you know, in the offensive line, generally you want five offensive linemen and one quarterback. But to me, everybody else can be pretty well fluid. And well, especially uh, Ohio State, where your depth chart should be legit. Yeah. yeah. So uh, back on quarterback, I am a big Kyle McCord guy. I think that in the limited chances that we've seen out of him, he's done really well. Obviously, never put in a situation under the gun in two years. I mean, you can't really count Akron because after the first or second series, once he'd had his feet wet, you know, it was it was Katie bar the door, you know, after that. So um, to me, I think that he's the guy just because he's got the extra year in the system. But don't discount Devin Brown in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. He's an outstanding player as well. Unfortunately, we don't get to watch a lot of what's going to happen this spring to know behind closed doors who's really making those inroads. We have to kind of look around the edges and ask people kind of on the sly, like, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? And I think that uh, it's going to be a great battle, but I, I don't think that Ryan Day is going to sandbag one or the other or announce one or the other anytime before he has to. I think uh, McCord's going to be that guy, but it, it could take a while getting from point A to point B. Yeah, I agree. I don't think, like you said, we have enough evidence to even really have a developed discussion on, I mean, you may have a vibe as a fan on who you like better based on what you saw, but really Kyle McCord, how many times was he put in there to cut it loose against a real opponent? I mean, I don't, I don't have a huge reservoir of of memories on that. You know, um, I tend to watch the game. So we, we shall see on that. Um, you know, they're both highly recruited guys. There's no difference in their recruitment or kind of their physical makeup. There's not a uh, one towering over the other or anything like that. So it should be interesting. Um, certainly nice to have the ability to add quarterbacks the way they do. If anybody has earned the benefit of the doubt at a position, it is Ryan Day and the quarterback position, given they now have a templated seat at the Heisman Trophy ceremony. And it hasn't been just one guy. If you give them Joe Burrow as even a, you know, kind of a, a contributor to, you're talking about four guys in the last three to four years. So that's quite tempting and it's consistent. Um, I wouldn't say Haskins, Fields, and CJ have a ton in common in play style either. So he's shown he can do it. Um, we're going to take we sent a, a, we sent a defensive bat or end up there as well. So it, we, it is, it's Heisman Central. Just haven't won one. Need to, need to bring that no doubt, but home. That's, I mean, literally, had Nick Bosa been healthy his uh, entire senior, uh, junior year, for that matter, I think he would have been there as well. So yeah. there's no question. There's a pipeline to the Heisman ceremony. I can show you our expenses to prove that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, seriously. Um, All that, I digress. That's a good expense that Ohio State has that, say, some other schools do not. Some other sites yeah. don't have to worry about. But, yes, we digress. Okay. I'm trying to think if we should even take another football question before we go into the autopsy here but um we will do one just because it is buck nuts darren dorsey beautiful first name i might add i have questions about which receivers will leave if they don't get much run this year 
I believe some young guys coming in will push upper classes hard. Who may bolt? I don't That's, think we want to sit here and say names, but obviously yeah. Carnell Tate and Brandon Ennis are high-profile guys coming in. You join the two top receivers in the nation coming back. And another guy in, who's third was at one point in time the highest-rated receiver in high school. What do you think? Yeah, that's a great question because they they took four receivers uh, who were freshmen this past year and now four or five coming in this year. So that's nine guys in their first or second year on campus. And it's impossible to play that many guys, particularly when we saw Hartline really didn't sub in uh, for uh, his big three much at all. Uh, I mean, Harrison, Egbuka, and Fleming were out there quite a bit. Xavier Johnson got some run maybe when one of them was down, if uh, Fleming in particular missed some time. So uh, that is a tremendous question. I think if anybody out of that, that group of nine doesn't get to play much, they would be susceptible to looking around, particularly if they were a second-year guy, mm-hmm. one of those, you know, of that Antwi, uh, Caleb Damn, Brown. Yeah. You know, that whole group, and I'm not saying those guys in particular, but they were part of a four-man class of wide receivers. It was Kion Grays, is that Kion one? Kion Grays, Arizona, oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, – <clears throat> oh, Jared Burton, I think, was the other one. Yep. So, excuse me, I hit a cough there. But um, So, if one of those four guys doesn't get on the field much, you might think, eh, you know, maybe. But the opportunity is there the following two or three years. It'd be wide, wide open. For anybody who puts the time in and shows the work ethic that, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. shows you the blueprint. If you want to be as good as Marvin Harrison Jr. and make as much money as Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to make, you need to show up when Marvin Harrison Jr. gets there in the morning. You need to follow him like a puppy dog. And you need to stay late and do the jugs gun like Marvin Harrison Jr. does. You know, I wouldn't say every, every day, but quite a few days that guy puts in so much extra time and extra effort and go guess what it translates on Saturdays what do you know like 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 uh, like the what was it uh, the hangover ta-da mm-hmm. you know it's like <laughs> what 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 is the shock here you know I mean the guy who works the hardest is the best player what do you it know? helps his genetics don't hurt let's be honest exactly but but I agree with you. Here's what's interesting. Maybe at Ohio State, you could make the argument that the guys who are getting passed on the depth chart should not transfer. Because if you look, the guys who have stuck it out at Ohio State, the, uh, the obvious example being Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin never took a snap at Ohio State as a top two receiver. He just didn't. That's not That was the depth chart, and he's making plenty of dough. So if you stick with it at Ohio State, even Julian Fleming, yep, there was more talk about Fleming transferring than anything else for his first few years. If he has a great year, he's going to get drafted in the first few rounds. So if he stays healthy, he's going to be an NFL player. So those who stay will be rewarded. You're not playing for a fly-by-night coach. The heartline pipeline. So so I I would be very. I'd be real sure before you transfer because I'd also be, if I was picking players and you went to Ohio state and left besides J- I mean, Jamison Williams, I get it. He was, he was buried, unfortunately. And 
it's just so ridiculous that they had Jackson Smith and Jigba as the number three receiver at one point anyway. So that's, that's, I don't even know how to put that in perspective. So Jameson Williams leaving, I get, but if you do stick it out, even if you aren't a frontline guy, uh, Paris Campbell still collecting checks. He's going to get another contract. Terry McLaurin, I think might make the most of them all. So, and let's just say Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, you'd like to be their accountant. Okay. So shed no tears for our wide receiver room. And I say that before we take a break and come back and talk about basketball. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Check my time here, 18.30. All right, Steve. We have uh, crossed it and topped it, broken it down, and it's not good. The basketball team is struggling. Not good, Bob. I mentioned to you before the show that you were trying to come up with new and creative statistics from the media guide to put the losing streaks in perspective. We've had back to uh, eras that, have names of people only a few of us remember. When it started to go bad, I really did think they were going to pull out of it to some extent. And it really does feel like they're just cratering on some level. I feel like when I watch the games that the coaches are kind of like throwing stuff at the wall at times and just, you know, and I don't know if that's the coaches or the players lacking consistency, but here's the question I have for you. Would this all be solved had Malachi Branham returned to Ohio State? Well, certainly it would have changed everything because uh, he's a guy that uh, people would have had to stilt their defense towards. So it would have made life so much easier for Bryce Sensabaugh, for Justice Suing, for Zed Key, those guys, and, and the point guard, uh, uh, Bruce Thornton. I think that would have been a really dynamic uh, starting five where they don't have anybody right now is the two guard, which is where Branham played. I mean, they've played Sean McNeil and Roddy Gale there trying to get anything they can squeeze, squeeze anything they can out of those two guys. But, uh, and it looks like now that the season is completely a total, I mean, it's, it's like the insurance adjuster says, it's a, it's a total loss. I mean, yeah. you, you, you're going to total the <laughs> far. I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's, there's no, Get a new one. Stop. I mean, the best case scenario for this team <clears throat> really is a two and two finish here in the regular season. I think that, that Penn state actually had lost four games recently and uh, then just won two games. I think they beat Illinois at home and won at Minnesota. Uh, so, or I don't know, something okay. like that. At any rate, um, uh, 
that's a winnable game Thursday night against Penn State. They're not a world beater. Uh, then you play Illinois and Maryland at home, and you just hope that maybe you can eke one of those out. Uh, you played Maryland pretty close on the road without Zed Key. They're not and as good on that, the road. Yeah, then the last game is at Michigan State. You can forget about that one. That's yeah. that. You know, all three of those teams, uh, Illinois, Maryland, and uh, Michigan State, and even Penn State to a small degree, are still playing to try to get in the NCAA tournament. I mean, Penn State's pretty much got to win out at this point. Uh, you know, I mean, they could afford maybe one more loss, but if they can get to 20 wins somehow, they might be a team worth looking at. But at any rate, uh, coming back to the beginning of this, um, you know, it, it, they're playing the young guys now, I think, out of preparing for next year, which I think is a prudent move. It doesn't help a whole lot in the short term. It's not, you know, uh, it's going to be hard to beat some of these teams with some of the young guys taking heavy, heavy minutes because, you know, say what you will about McNeil, he can at least make a few shots. Likely, you know, I don't know that playing him at all at this point really helps the bottom line. I don't even know what he gives you at this point. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a messy situation. It went downhill, obviously, with the Zed Key injury, the first game against uh, Purdue. They are 1-13 beginning with that game. And uh, he obviously tried to play hurt, was nowhere near as effective as he had been. And uh, this is the mess that they're in. And uh, roster construction didn't have an extra big man to, to throw in there. Uh, and they don't have, as I've said several times, the Coleman Hawkins player, the 6'9", guy with length who can go to the basket, get you a bucket, or step out and hit a three. They ain't got that guy. So, uh, you know, and get deflections and rebounds and, you know, kind of do all the little things. He's not an All-American player, but he's just a good player. They don't have that. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, – every time they take the floor, it seems like everybody's looking up at the guy that they're guarding and giving away two inches. And, you know, in the Big Ten, you ain't going to win many games doing that. No. Um you bring up a good point. <clears throat> the Big Ten is a huge league, by the way. As someone who is, just trust me, everyone there is enormous. But, um, Dan, what does what, it say, just to interject, McNeil and Likely were decent players statistically at their last yeah. stop, and they come to the Big Ten, they really can't do much of anything. I mean, McNeil has three double-digit games here in the last couple of weeks, which he's come on, Likely has never Mm -mm. found the niche at Ohio State. And, of course, he missed the two or three weeks there in December when he had to go home. Uh, but but he's been back a month and a half and still – Yeah, but did you ever have – likely wasn't even – I mean, he wasn't even a great player at Oklahoma State. He didn't – Yeah. He's not – you can see he's just so limited. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah. You're adding guys to the team who literally can't shoot or yeah. can't dribble or something. You know what I'm saying? They're, they have a major flaw. It looked to me like the last game, I, I was feeling for Justice Suing, man. He was trying to be the man. He's just not the man. No. You know, the problem when you lose a guy like Malachi Branham is sometimes one, and that's why I brought it up because it's my opinion, sometimes one guy can affect your roster so much. Like, keep this in mind. If Malachi Branham was here, Bryce Sensabaugh wouldn't have had the need to be who he is. He'd probably be coming back next year. Yeah. So you create this, this hole, and now – who are you going to – like, Bryce Sensible, let me tell you something. That guy can score. Okay, he has got a gift. There are not many people built like that who can – who watch when the ball leaves his hands, man. You think it's going in. Um, you know what I mean? It, he's got a yep. something to him. Now, does he know how to play defense yet? No. 
Is he a little bit, you know, out of shape because he's probably carrying 15 pounds he shouldn't? Yes. But you're not even going to get the, the, the benefit of that next year because he's gone, man. I don't care what anyone tells me. Once your name shows up in a lottery mock draft before January 1st, you are gone. I, we can't yeah. run stats on that, but I'm sure it would be there. So then what? Uh, some of the guys that got on the bench, like Etzler, he's gone. Uh, Bowen Hardman, he's not going to play here. So – yeah, that's what you're gonna do. Like he is in trouble, man. Like yeah. I think Chris Holman is a good coach, but I'm wondering where, like, where's the rope to grab onto? Yeah, when uh, they're you know losing games by 20 points and whatever, and and Esler and Hardman can't even get a minute at the end. <clears throat> excuse me, that'll tell you what Holman thinks about their long term uh, viability to help this team. And so I think what they're looking at is what. Uh, Illinois went through, uh, you know, they lost Curbelo. He transferred out. Yep. Um, Grandison, tra- didn't he transfer yep. maybe to Duke? Does that sound right? Is he yep. at Duke this year? And a couple other guys who are really good players transferred out of there as well. It was like a, you know, that guy, Frank, I call him Frank the Tank uh, Underwood. I know his name is Brad, but I call mm-hmm. him Frank the Tank. He uh, He's combustible. He's oh, a yeah. hard guy, hard guy to play for. He bur- he burns you out pretty good. So you know if you can't take that hard coaching, you're not going to stay there and play for him. Coleman Hawkins is a guy who accepts it, and you got to believe that kid in practice has got to be. You, Frank the Tank is is on him pretty hard. For well, some his point from Ohio, by the way, since yeah. up there. So yeah, if he so, can handle it. That's another miss. <clears throat> any rate. I think they're looking at an Illinois-type reset, and that's not all bad. Illinois went out and got Terrence Shannon, Dane Danger, and Michael Mayer, yep. and they're three of the probably top 20, 25 players in the Big Ten this year. So if Ohio State uh, can go out, you figure you've got the one with Bruce Thornton, and you've got Tyson Chapman coming in to help you play the one, and he's a pretty good scorer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two guard, they want. They say it's Roddy Gale, but I'm I'm not sold. I'm not sold on Gale. Yeah, not sold because he doesn't shoot the three very well. What does he do? He's a yeah. decent defender. He's a decent athlete. He's a decent shooter. He's gonna have to work. And you have to have a skill, man. What are you giving me? Are you a rebounder? At least yeah. McNeil can hit an open three, and you know yeah. that you can run something for him. Yeah, Royal to me seems like he'd be a three. Um, I don't know. I think he's undersized to play the four, and Definitely. so in the Big Ten, what what they what they need is probably an impact two and an impact who can make threes because they don't have anybody that can make them, and an impact four, somebody who can come in and play right away. As I've said, a six eight six nine guy who does everything, a very good player. If they get two really good players out of the portal, and I'm not talking about role players. I'm not talking about guys who can only do one thing. Right. All I can do is shoot. I'm Jamari Wheeler. All I can do is defend, kind right. of, you know, not talking about that. They don't have enough guys that can defend on this roster. See, the problem That's- is, though, the, 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 the transfer portal is not the panacea some think it is. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yes, there is the occasional guy who went to a lower level, should have been at a higher level, and can come to you and thrive. But Oklahoma State shed no tears when likely yeah. came here. You know what I'm saying? So even West Virginia, 
I mean, this is no, Sean's second stop on third. He was at Sinclair down the street from me yeah. before that. So I don't. I'm you like, know, Holden is an example. Like, he didn't even play in the game the other day against Purdue. Like, he, he's that's a bad one. his way out of the rotation entirely. I mean, what does he come back? I mean, what? And if he does, what does he even give you? I, I don't know. He's had one meaningful moment. He hit that shot to win the game. It was uh, illegal. Yeah, it was not a legal play, although they got jobbed. What was it? The Minnesota game. They called the foul on Thornton. It wasn't a foul. But yeah. uh, so it kind of cuts both ways. But, you know, um, I don't know. I, he needs Holden, Holdman, in my opinion, has one year and that's it because of the buyout. I think a 15 to 18 million dollar buyout this year is not palatable for Ohio State after the COVID debt. Does it change I think next, next year? Next year. Uh, it's NCAA or bust. If they don't make the NCAA tournament, he's got to go. And, uh, you know, it's just the fact of the matter. And uh, that means they got to go hit the pavement pretty hard this uh, this spring to, to go get some guys. I'm trying to think. I mean, you'd have to get a real impact transfer. Those guys just don't really exist, man. The, here's the thing. They need a transfer. They're going to need a transfer to come in and be the main guy. Who's the main guy? Like, Sensabaugh at least has somewhat of a number one player's game. Who is the number one guy? Like, when you need a bucket, who are you going to besides Sensabaugh? Good Lord. They don't have that. They do not have that. I think they're in real trouble, man. I mean, I like Chris Holtman. I think he's a good coach. I don't know if it's the approach or – look, there are some – things have changed in college basketball, your ability to use the portal, your ability to recruit, and the NIL and stuff. So what was successful five or six years ago may not be successful now, man. You you may have to change stuff up because it I does not. Royal, I think what? Royal can be a Simpson ball light. I mean, I, I don't envision him averaging 16 points a game. Yeah. I would think if he can get you nine or 10 points a game, I think that'd be pretty good for him. I think he's a guy that, that can be put in some situations like that. Scotty Middleton reading these box scores of these big prep school games. He's not a big scorer. No. He's more of a glue guy at the three. You've already got, you know, not much of a scorer glue guy with Gale. I mean, Chapman can light it up. I mean, I think he's a guy, maybe like a Dwayne Washington lead guard type guy. I need the ball in my hands, guys. Get out of my way type thing. I think Chapman is going to bring some electricity at times. Yes. But, but they're just freshmen. And it's, it's, the exactly. big, it's the Big Ten Conference. You know, it's like this is – Caps and sleeves here, guys. Caps and sleeves. So listen, it's harder to I do think it's harder to make it. That's what makes sense of ball so impressive to me. Is the Big Ten is a hard league to be in as a freshman because it's a bruising league, man. The change from high school to college is not a height or skill thing. It's a physicality thing. You know, yeah. like you're playing you're an 18, 19 year old. You're playing against some Isaac, how old is Isaac likely? 30? You're playing against grown men out there. Seriously. Do you know? So, I mean, you can get crazy. by with strength and. Sp- I don't know, man. I think they're in real trouble. I, yeah. I did not think that when this started. You said one in thirteen. When you said that out loud, good lord, it felt like he kicked me in the nuts. Yeah, it's one bad. in thirteen. One in thirteen is not a professional. Is just not a reasonable, acceptable output at any point in time for an Ohio State in any sport. Synchronized swimming. I learned yesterday in my daughter's official tour is our best sport. We've won more national championships in synchron. One in 13? Yeah. Come on, man. That's Northwestern in a bad year. It is. Uh, I'm doing a survey for a column, and uh, 
65 Power 5 uh, conference schools, would you believe as many as 39 of them, 39 of the 65 have had a 20-loss season in the last 15 seasons. And that's like Boston College has done it five times. Wake Forest has done it four times. There's a few others that have done it four times. They've had 20-loss seasons. Ohio State right now is on the doorstep of something like that. Ohio State's only had uh, three of those in the last 50 years. Of course, prior to that, they didn't play enough games to lose 20 games. But uh, Ohio State's done it three times in 50 years. Uh, but Ohio State, obviously, uh, you know, you, you look at it, hasn't had one in the last 15. But what I'm getting at is just this Big Ten, you watch these games and you get to about the 30-minute mark of these games and everybody looks like they've run a marathon. Yep. And the pace slows to a complete slog and everyone is beaten down, worn out, and any points that you get in the final 10 minutes of a Big Ten game are well-earned points because they allow them to just beat the living hell out of one another. And it just, it's physicality away from the ball. I mean, they've had, they've had two games this year where the teams combined for 44 points in the first half. One of them was that, I think it was Wisconsin, Illinois slog fest there on a Sunday. I was driving back from Indiana that weekend and you just look at that and you're like, how can any of this be legal defense? Because it just, it, it, how is this even possible that two division one big 10 teams would combine for 44 points in a first half that's 88 for the game you know that just it doesn't it doesn't add up but it's a hard watch that's another thing about this team they're not they're a hard watch yeah you know what I'm it's like there have been young scrappy teams that don't Bad have a great record that you like enjoy like is a they're giving Bad the fundamentals it's just yeah and, and the coaches are gripping and yeah, it's it's a tough situation. Um, this one guy took a shot at us here. I'm gonna let him. Apparently, we don't know what we're talking about. George Cameron, LOL. I think that means he's laughing out loud. You guys don't know anything. Chip is actually fast. the fastest running back. Ask Coach Jay. Y'all do just be talking. Well, doesn't play fast. You know, I think he would play out. fast. Before we go any further, are you saying Chip Train was faster than Travion Henderson? Travion Henderson won the hundred in Virginia. Well, Chip, Chip twenty pounds ago was when he was at Arizona State. He probably was, but he put on twenty pounds to play linebacker. He's not anymore, George. He's not anymore. He didn't show it. I think if he repped running back and got his body back, you know, dropped ten pounds, got his body back where it should be to play running back, he might be one of the faster backs they have. But at, at his weight, two hundred and thirty pounds, he certainly was not. So, you know, you know, are we talking Chip Trey on him two years ago? Or are we talking Chip Trey on him today, bro? George, we love all our fans, especially those from Akron. Love you, George. We uh, we appreciate everybody stopping by. Hope you like the kvetching on the hoops. And uh, the season will go on. Steve will be there. Have a good one, Buckhunters. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or 
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.